Welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Welcome to Games for the Throne. Um, so season seven um, just ended, the hour and a half season finale, and it was amazing. Um, there's lots to talk about, lots of different things going on, and we are all set up for um, the final season in late 2018 or early 2019. Hopefully we will all make it through this extra long hiatus. Um, they're starting to film again in October um, because again you know winter and then um, it's going to take so long in post because we saw all the wonderful CGI that they did this year and with the White Walker army next year there's just going to be a ton um, especially with now you've got this like ice dragon and the two regular dragons so you've got two different types of flame um, all kinds of different things going on so while I hate it too, I am not patient at all, <laughs> so um, it's going to be a hard hiatus, but we will all make it through together. So this episode starts out at King's Landing. Of course, we are about to see this um, meeting between Cersei, Daenerys, and Jon, and whoever else. Um, of course, Cersei just knows that... Um, they want to talk about something. She's not sure what. Um, Tyrion told Jamie some of it, but of course, Cersei probably doesn't believe it. Anyway, um, the Unsullied are all lined up and standing there. Jamie and Bronn are looking down at them. They're talking about what it must be like to not have a cock. Uh, of course, Bronn goes on and on about this. And he says, you know, that's what most soldiers do is, uh, you know, what do they spend their money on? Because most soldiers spend their money in brothels. And uh, they don't have cocks, so they're not interested in brothels. So, hey, the Unsullied probably have good savings and retirement plan, maybe, you know? Um, and then the Dothraki ride up. They're doing their little battle cry. They're riding around on their horses. And Bronn just says, you know, I really don't like our odds. <laughs> um, Euron's fleet's in the water. And these, uh, I think it was like five ships, um come to King's Landing that are bringing like Tyrion and Missande and John and uh, Varys and the Hound and all of these people. Um, so John's on the boat. He's talking to Tyrion. He asks, well, how many people live in King's Landing? Because he's never been there before. And Tyrion says, well, probably about a million people. And John's like, wow, that's more than live um, up in the north. And he doesn't understand why people would want to live all cramped up in that city. And Tyrion says, well, there's a lot more work that's offered and the brothels are far superior, which I'm sure is true. Um, the hound's on there. He um, goes and he's messing around with his chest. He kind of knocks on it and it's holding the white. So then the white goes crazy, starts rattling around. Um, so the white did make it south. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out because, you know, they always bring the cold with them. And while winter is kind of 
all over Westeros. It's not the kind of cold that the Whites used to. So I didn't know if he was going to turn into dust, what was going to happen. So then we see Cersei, and she's anxious. She wonders why Danny isn't with them. Kyburn says he's not sure why. Uh, and then Cersei turns to the mountain, and if she says, if things go south, kill the silver-haired bitch first. Then kill Tyrion, then the bastard from the north that likes to call himself the king. Um, and then you can kill anybody else in whatever order you see fit. Um, so everybody walks to the dragon pit. Everybody except for Cersei, who of course is going to make her grand entrance last. Ha ha, she doesn't because Danny does. But anyway, um, Bronn meets all of them. And uh, Brienne and Pod have already arrived in King's Landing, so he's with them, and he says he's there to escort them all to the meeting. Uh, so Tyrion and Pod reunite for a minute. They talk, say hello. Uh, Brienne turns around, sees the Hound, and the Hound, she's looking at him, and he kind of looks around like, I know she isn't looking at me, but she is. So she goes and talks to him, and uh, she says she thought he was dead, and he says, yeah, well, I'm not. And Brienne says, well, I was only trying to protect Arya. And he says, yeah, you and me both. And uh, he says, well, you know, or she says, you know, Arya's alive at Winterfell. And he says, well, if you're down here, then who's protecting her? And she says, the only one that needs protecting is the one who's trying to fight against her. And they both kind of laugh about that. Tyrion talks to Bronn. Uh, apparently, the last time they met, he kind of offered him a chance to switch sides but Bronn says, you know, he's good where he's at for now. Um, and um, he thinks he's doing good because technically he's bringing uh, at least two traitors to Cersei. Like if this thing goes south, he's brought two traitors into King's Landing being, I think, Varys and Tyrion, um, who, you know, she can take them and chop off their heads or whatever she wants. Um, so he says he's doing good for now. And Tyrion says, you know, I miss you. And Bronn says, yeah, I miss you too. All <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, the Hound tells, uh, the Lannister guard that if anyone touches the chest, that he will kill that guard first <laughs> and then whoever touches it, he won't have to kill whoever touches it because they'll be, well, they'll turn into a white most likely. Um, so they all get into the dragon pit, which is this like wonderful old, um, ancient, um, place where the Targaryens kept their dragons, um, I believe it started, or in the show they say that it started with Aegon, um, because of course, like in old Valyria, there were all these different families, dragons were very prevalent, they kind of all flew around, uh, these families were able to control them, but uh, when they got to Westeros, um, things just changed, and over time, um, as Westeros got more and more populated, they couldn't control their dragons because they were busy doing other things. And so they built this um, place, this enclosure to kind of keep the dragons there. I mean, it's open on top. I don't know if it always was, but um, of course, that's where they kept the dragons until all of the dragons were killed or they were too little and just died off. Bronn grabs Pod. He says, hey, let's go get a drink while all of these crazy people talk. Let's go catch up. So Pod leaves with him. And um, it's just really, uh, there's this big awkward silence. Danny isn't there yet. Cersei's not there yet. Everybody's just kind of looking around e at each other. 
the hound tells Tyrion, you know, I left the city because I didn't want to die here. And am I going to die in this shit city now? Like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Um, and Tyrion says, well, um, it's always with the help of some Clegane cunt that uh, helps the Lannisters with whatever, you know, evil plot they're doing. Uh, so then Cersei walks out and of course Sir Gregor's with her the hound sees his brother and he is looking at him um, Cersei looks at Tyrion she kind of gives him the stink eye and the hound walks up to his brother once Cersei and her um, entourage are seated and of course um, the mountain thinks that he's actually going towards Cersei so he steps in front of her and uh, he asks the hound asks if he remembers him and uh, then he says, you know, what did they do to you? You're even uglier than um, I am. And uh, he says, you know what's coming for you? You've always known. And the hound walks off. He's just like, you know, I don't know what they did to you. I'm still coming after you one day. I'm going to get my revenge for what you did to me as a child. Cersei asks where Danny is. Tyrion says, oh, well, she'll be here soon. Of course, that does not rub Cersei the right way because she is the queen of Westeros, so everybody should be there waiting for her. Um, Brienne and Jaime kind of keep exchanging looks. Cersei notices this. She's not happy about that either. Um, and she kind of gives Jaime this evil look. And then we hear dragons coming and Danny flies Drogon into the pit um Rhaegal is also with them he doesn't land of course Viserion is not there um and you know she knows how to make an entrance because Cersei actually looks a little scared when she sees that dragon and she definitely looks jealous because like every man there is like whoa okay um they're kind of taking notice I mean how can you not it's just like that confidence and power is very sexy um so Tyrion looks at Cersei and uh, Drogon kind of roars for a minute and then Danny finally gets off and Drogon flies away. Um, so I wondered if they would say anything about Viserion being missing. Nobody says anything at this point in time. So I didn't know if they didn't notice or they just didn't say anything. Danny goes to sit down and of course Cersei chastises her and says, you know, we've been waiting here for a long time for you. And Danny says, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Um, and I think that was, she looks at Tyrion. So I think that was just something to kind of get under Cersei's skin, um, which Danny definitely accomplished that. So Tyrion starts to speak and Euron, big ass that he is, gets up, interrupts. He starts talking to Theon in front of everybody. And he says that, you know, I have your sister. And if you don't submit right now, I'm going to kill her. And Tyrion looks at him and he says, you know, we need to start with larger concerns. And he looks at Jamie, and Jamie's just like, no, this is not of our making. Like, Euron's just an idiot. Don't look at me. This is our sister. And uh, Euron says, well, you know, Tyrion, you shouldn't even be talking because you're the smallest concern there. And Tyrion looks at Theon and he says, you know, remember when we talked about dwarf jokes? And Theon looks at him and says, yeah, his wasn't even funny. So that was kind of interesting that uh, Tyrion and Tyrion kind of bumped Theon up, kind of helped him with that situation. Um, 
Jamie tells Euron to sit down. Of course, he uh, he ignores him. Finally, Cersei tells him to sit down or leave. The mountain stands up, so Euron finally sits down and shuts his mouth up. So then Cersei wants to know why they are all there. So Jon stands up, kind of takes the floor, and says, it's just about the living. He says, it's, um, you know, there's a bigger war. This is not just the war between us. And, um, you know, we have an enemy and a general that can't be bargained with. And we need to band together and um, do something against this. Um, or otherwise, you know, they're all going to be the dead that are walking. And Cersei just jokes that, you know, for like millions, the million people in King's Landing, it would be an improvement. And she says she thinks this is just a ploy and a joke and she doesn't believe any of it. So the hound comes walking up. He's carrying the trunk. He puts it down. He opens the top. Nothing happens. So I'm like, oh crap, what's going on? Oh no. Um, is this thing going to be like dust? <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, he kicks it over and the white comes running out straight at Cersei and gets like within an inch of her. Um, but it's chained to the box or the hound has the chain something. And so the hound pulls it back. And I swear Cersei shit her pants. I mean, for real. It was hilarious. Um, it comes back towards the hound and he cuts it in half. And of course the top half still is crawling towards him, trying to, um, you know, find somebody, um, to kill. So then the hound cuts off its hand and it's still crawling. So Kyburn gets up, he goes and he picks up the hand and then John comes and grabs it. He has a torch and he says, look, these are the way these things can be killed. They can be killed by fire and um, he sets the uh, arm on fire and then he pulls out this huge dragon glass dagger and he says, or they can be killed by dragon glass. He does not mention Valyrian steel, which is also, I mean, I understand there's only like five Valyrian steel swords in Westeros, if even, um, because so many of them have been lost. However, maybe he just doesn't want anybody to steal his sword. Um, but they can also be killed by Valyrian Steel in the show because we've seen that he's actually killed some of the White Walkers um, with um, Longclaw. So anyway, he takes out the dragon um, glass um, dagger and he demonstrates how it works. He stabs the thing, thing dies. And then he says his usual thing. There's only one war that matters, the Great War, and it is here. And Danny looks at Cersei. She says, you know, I didn't believe it either until I saw them. And there is 100,000 at least. And they're coming. It's not good. We've got to do something. Uh, so Euron asks, well, can they swim? And John says, no. And Euron gets up. He says, well, you know, this has been fun, but I think I'm going to go back to my island. I'm going to take my fleet back. Um, and he you know, Cersei kind of looks at him, says something, and he's like, you know, I've been around the world, and I've seen just about everything there is to be seen, and this is the only thing that I've seen that scares the shit out of me. So, peace out, I'm leaving, taking my crew, and yeah, good luck to you. And then he goes up to Danny and he says, you know, you should go back to your island as well, referring to Dragonstone, and you know, we can get together when everybody else is dead, so I'll call you later. Um, so he leaves, 
Cersei says, yeah, he's right to be afraid, but he's a coward to run. And uh, then she says, well, I accept the truce until the dead are defeated because they're the true enemy. But then she says, however, you know, have one stipulation um, because I don't trust, you know, you talking to Danny. Uh, she doesn't trust Tyrion. She doesn't trust basically anybody. Um, but she says that she'll believe the son of Ned Stark. So she says that John has to stay in the north um, until the War of the Dead is over and he can't choose sides. And maybe she even means after the war, like he's just not supposed to get in this at all which is stupid because Cersei's eventually going to come for the north she's not going to leave them alone um so she says yeah the north must adhere to the truce and this is right after John's like side like oh, okay I thought this was gonna be so much harder but we've gotten Cersei to agree to this who okay then she comes out with this and uh John <laughs> being Ned Stark's son haha says that you know he can't promise that he because he cannot serve two queens and that he's already pledged himself to queen daenerys of house targaryen and of course he has not told danny or Tyrion this yet so they look a little surprised cersei's you know really mad and uh she gets up she says there'll be no truce and that the dead will come for them first so good luck uh y'all have a great life you know i'm not helping you she walks off Brienne gets up, she catches Jamie, she pleads with him, you know, she says, please talk to the queen, and he says, you know, and tell her what, because, you know, he can't even reason with Cersei, you know, the thing about Danny is, and even John kind of is, they put people around them, they take people's opinions, they take advice, Cersei doesn't take anybody's advice, she does whatever the hell she wants to do, because she thinks she's smarter than everybody else, and yeah, she's done some pretty, you know, she's pulled off some pretty amazing things, but as her father said, she's not as smart as she thinks she is. And eventually it's all going to come back to get her. Uh, Sir Davos tells John, you know, that he wishes that he hadn't done that. And Danny says, yeah, I'm really grateful for your loyalty. But, um, you know, I just lost one of my dragons to this, to this army. And if there's no truce, then there, you know, he died with us trying to bring this thing to show her to get this truce. And if this truce doesn't happen, then there was no point in his death. And Tyrion too, like he jumps on the let's, you know, get on John bandwagon. You know, he's like, you know, I'm glad you've been the knee. I would have advised you to do that, but you need to learn how to lie. You could have just told Cersei, yeah, okay. And then gone back on your word. Well, of course, John's not going to do this. We know that's not who John is. And uh, John says, you know, I'm not going to swear an oath that I can't keep. Um, you know, all these people make false promises. This is how we've gotten to where we are. And they won't help anybody. So then Darian says, well, you know, uh, we're fucked. And Sir Davos asks, you know, what can we do to try to remedy the situation? Tyrion says, well, there's really only one thing I can think of. He says, he's going to go talk to Cersei. And of course, everybody thinks this is a bad idea because <laughs> it is. Um, Danny doesn't want him to go because, you know, she says, I didn't bring you all the way here um, to get you killed. And Tyrion's like, look, you know, I'm the only person that she might listen to. It's the only way. So I'm going to go do it. So, of course, then John steps up. He's like, yeah, this is my fault. I need to go talk to her. And Tyrion says, no, because she'll definitely murder you. I mean, she'll most likely murder me, but she's definitely going to murder you. 
Uh, you've just pissed her off to the nth degree. He says he has to do this or, you know, they all go home and they're right back where they started. So poor Tyrion goes to the Red Keep. The mountain is escorting him. He's right behind him, like hulking over him. Uh, poor Tyrion. And uh, they run into Jaime. He's coming out of Cersei's area, quarters. And, uh, and Tyrion asks, you know, what she said. Have you talked to her? And he's like, yeah, I tried to talk to her until she finally kicked me out. She says, I was an idiot for ever trusting you and, uh, and listening to you. And so Tyrion goes into Cersei's room and Cersei says, you know, I'm not surprised that you joined with Danny Daenerys. You know, she's a foreign whore who doesn't know her place. I just want to fucking smack Cersei sometimes. And Tyrion says, no, you're just mad because she's a foreign whore who you can't abduct, beat, and intimidate, which is all true. Um, Cersei accuses Tyrion of trying to destroy the Lannister family, but Tyrion says, you know, I'm the one that's trying to save us. You know, you have done all these crazy things. Jamie just does nothing. I'm trying to keep us alive and together. Um, you know, he says, look, Danny wanted to come in guns blazing, but I talked her out of that. And, uh, Cersei just says, you know, that by killing their father, that he left them vulnerable. And that's why Tommen and Marcella died. Um, you know, nobody would have attacked them, dared attack them if, T uh, Tywin Lannister had been alive. Well, let me tell you, um... The Martells, or even more, you know, the Sand Snakes and um, Ilaria Sand may not have killed Marcella if uh, Tommen was, or if um, Tywin was alive, but Cersei is pretty much the reason why Tommen is dead. So the fact that she is trying to put this on Tyrion is beyond me. Because, okay, yes, if Tywin wasn't dead, then the High Sparrow probably would not have been able to. Uh, get the power that he did and cause the problems that he did. However, Cersei was the one that thought that she could control him and helped put him in power. So she's always willing to blame somebody else and it's always usually Tyrion when really it's her own freaking fault. Her son killed himself because he did not want to live with her anymore. Sorry, that's just my rant for this episode. Hopefully my only one. Um... So, you know, Tyrion says that he's really sorry that, yeah, it's all his fault. So just end his life. And uh, he tells her, you know, do it. Have the mountain just kill me. Um, and she looks at the mountain. She looks like maybe she's about to say something and she stops. Uh, so Tyrion <laughs> breathes a sigh of relief. He goes and he pours himself a glass of wine. He downs that. Then he pours her a glass of wine, gives it to her, and he gets himself another one. And, you know, he says, you know, I'm more sorry about the children than you could ever know um, because, you know, you know, I loved those children. I did not hold anything against those children. Well, she says, well, your love and feelings don't matter. And she doesn't care why he did it, just that he did it. And, um, you know, she says, or he says, you know, why did you let us come here? I mean, surely you must have hoped for something. And, um, he says, well, you know, the reason I chose Danny is because she can make the world a better place. She's a good person. 
and Cersei kind of grabs her stomach and you know she says you know when that thing was coming towards me all I could think about was saving the people that I loved and um then I don't know if she was doing that to play on Tyrion or not I think she was because I still feel like this whole pregnancy thing is just a ploy to trick Jamie. and then she's also you know because Tyrion just talked about how he loved the children you know is he gonna have a soft spot if she's pregnant and is he gonna try to help her out um, we go back out to the dragon pit and um, oh I'm sorry actually I'll say Tyrion even says you know are you pregnant and we kind of leave that scene. We go back to the dragon pit and John tells Danny that he's really sorry. And uh, she says, well, you know, even though it was kind of stupid, I really respect what you did. And um, he picks up this little skeleton, like the skull of this tiny little dead dragon. And, um, you know, she says, well, the dragon pit was the beginning of the end for her family because, um, they started thinking of the dragons as slaves and uh that the targaryens were extraordinary or the dragons were extraordinary and they inspired people um and that the targaryens were basically nothing without them um that the dragons filled people with wonder and awe and um when the dragons started to grow small then the targaryens grew small as well and John tells her, you know, you're not like everybody else. You're not like some of the people in your family. And he tells her, you know, your family hasn't seen its end yet. So Danny confides in him, well, you know, I can't have children anymore. Um, this witch that killed my husband told me this. And John says, well, you know, she might not have been a reliable source. I'm sure she was just lying. Um, Tyrion shows back up in the dragon pit and then Cersei and her entourage come back out as well and Cersei um, proclaims that her armies will not stand down uh, and everybody's like oh crap and then she says you know they will march north and we will fight uh, in the great war and when the great war is over perhaps they will remember that she promised to help without any promises or assurances from them well, she just asked John a minute ago to not make any alliances. So she did kind of ask a promise, um, but she had to get over that. But anyway, she says, you know, I don't think that y'all remember that, but I just wanted to point that out. Uh, then we go up to Winterfell and uh, Sansa's talking to Littlefinger. She says that, you know, um, she's heard that John has swore fealty to Danny. And Littlefinger says, um, yeah, well, you know, maybe they're going to get married and form an alliance. And, uh, you know, Littlefinger says, John was named King of the North and he can be unnamed. But Sansa says, you know, well, Arya will never go for that because she loves John more. And uh, she says, Arya, you know, did you know she's one of the faceless men and these people are murderers, like the things that they do. She's one of them. What am I supposed to do against her? Um, so she asks Littlefinger what he thinks that Arya is after. And he says, well, you know, you know her better than I do. And uh, Littlefinger says, you know, he plays this game where when he's thinking about his enemies and their motives, he always thinks uh, or he assumes the worst possible thing. That's how he thinks about it. So Sansa thinks about Arya and, you know, if Arya tells Jon and the Northern Lords about this letter that she wrote kind of under duress to Rob, um, that 
they will want her dead for marrying the enemies and for betraying her family. Um, and I was like, oh my God, Sansa, you're playing right into Littlefinger's hands. Uh, she thinks that Arya wants to become the Lady of Winterfell, which I think is so far from the truth. Um, we go back. We're at Dragonstone now. John and Danny and everybody else are making plans for how they're going to meet up to fight the White Walkers. Um, and Jorah warns Danny he thinks that she should ride her dragon to Winterfell because she still has enemies up north that fought against her father. And if they see her, you know, they'll think, oh, I could be a hero real quick by killing the silver-haired conqueror. But John says, you know, I respect that and I respect that you need to do what you need to do. However, if we're going to be allies, then we need to stick together so the North knows to trust you. Um... And that they need to see them as allies so that they should sail to White Harbor together. Um, so Danny says, well, you know, I'm not coming to conquer, conquer the North, but I'm coming to help save them. So we're going to sail together to White Harbor. And Jorah's a little upset by this. So John goes to make preparations to leave and uh, Theon catches up with him. He wants to speak with John for a minute. So John asks Sir Davis to leave and uh, Theon talks to John and he says, you know, you could have lied to Cersei, but you risked everything to tell your enemy the truth. And John says, you know, I was just being honest. We should all be honest with ourselves. So then Theon says, you know, that John's always known the right thing to do. He's always known what was right, even when they were kids, that every step he's ever taken has been the right one. And uh, John says, you know, I've done plenty of things that I regret. And Theon says, well, not compared to me. And John says, well, no, not compared to you. And uh, Theon confesses, you know, that he always wanted to do the right thing, but he just never knew what that meant because it always seemed like an impossible choice that he had to make between his two families. You know, is he a Greyjoy or is he a Stark? And John says, well, you know, father or Ned was more of a father to him than um, Theon's own father was and Theon says yeah but John says you know you never lost him um, he you know always loved you and um, that he's a part of you you're a part of him um, and John says you know it's not my place to forgive you for everything that you've done but what I can forgive you for it's over it's forgotten we're square and uh, then he tells Theon that he doesn't have to choose sides because he's a Greyjoy and a Stark. Um, so Theon tells John how, you know, Yara tried to save him when Ramsay had him and um, that she needs him now. So John says, you know, why are you still talking to me? Go save your sister. You know what you need to do. So Theon goes and he catches the couple of uh, um, Ironborn that are left at Dragonstone and he says, you know, wait, you know, we need to go save Yara. We can't leave her behind. But they say, well, you know, she's dead. Whether she's dead or not, she's dead because you basically left her to die. Because you were a coward. You didn't fight for her. And Theon said, yeah, I was a coward. So then they're like, well, why should we listen to you? And um, the captain says, we're going to find an island. We're going to kill the men. We're going to take the wives. We're going to live happy and fat. All these white walkers and whatnot can come kill everybody. We don't care. We're going to be over here on the beach with the margarita getting a tan. And um, 
you know, Theon says, you know, Yara promised that we weren't going to do that anymore. We weren't going to conquer. We weren't going to try to conquer. We weren't going to reeve. We weren't going to rape. We weren't going to do this. And uh, the guy spits in his face and then he punches him and he says, you know, run away like the coward you are. So they fight and Theon's getting his butt kicked, but he just keeps fighting. And the guy tells him, you know, stay down or I'll kill you. And uh, Theon gets up. He punches the crap out of him again. Theon falls down. Then uh, Theon gets back up. So then the guy starts kicking him in the nuts, like over and over and over again. And Theon just kind of looks at him and laughs because that's not going to hurt him. He ain't got nothing down there. Um, so then he kind of gets one up on the guy and he punches the crap out of him. I don't know if he killed him or not, but like old Theon is like, well, the old spirit of Theon, like with the confidence and not being a coward is back. Uh, Ramsey Theon, like Reek, hopefully is gone for good. Um, so the rest of the men decide that they'll go with him to rescue Yara. Um, Sansa brings Arya to the Great Hall. So we go back to Winterfell and she's sitting there with Bran. So at first it was kind of like, well, we know she's about to maybe do something to Arya, but Bran's there. And surely Bran would not let her you know, do something to Arya and uh, lock her up or anything. Like, I don't think he would before that. So Arya's in the Great Hall. She looks at Sansa and she asks her, are you sure you really want to do this? And uh, Sansa says, well, I have to protect the people that want to harm our family. So yeah, I have to do this. And uh, then Sansa says, you're accused of treason and murder. And uh, she goes on for a minute and she's not actually charging um, Arya. She turns to Lord Baelish and she says, Lord Baelish. And he's just like totally taken aback. He was not, he totally thought he had her snowed. He had her wrapped around his finger. And uh, Arya looks at him and says, my sister asked you a question. And Littlefinger says, you know, I'm, I'm confused. And Sansa says, well, you killed our Aunt Liza. I was there. I saw it. And he says, well, no, no, no. I did it to protect you. But she says, no, that's not why you did it. You did it so you could take control of the veil. And uh, that we know that you had John Aaron killed. And uh, that you um, sent this note to our parents. And you started this entire war because you said that, or you had Liza say that the Lannisters killed John Aaron, and you set this whole thing in motion. You've continuously done things to keep this war going. And um, Littlefinger says, you know, Liza was crazy. No matter what Liza might have told Sansa, that, you know, um, it wasn't true. And um, he just keeps denying everything. Uh, and he's like, you know what, well, you know what, you can't do anything to me because no one was there to witness any of these alleged things. And so then Bran starts talking and he says, well, you held a knife to our father's throat and you said, I told you not to trust me. And, uh, you know, we know that knife belongs to you. You try to say that it belonged to Tyrion Lannister. It didn't. And uh, he just keeps trying to play on Sansa. And he says, you know, I can explain everything. Let's just talk alone. Just you and me. And she spouts back the um, thing about his game, you know, about, oh, well, just always assume the worst thing. Um, 
you know, and that um, what he does is turn family against family. He's just evil and rotten. And she says, you know what? I'm a slow learner, but I learn. So I just want to thank you for all the lessons that you've taught me. So then Littlefinger, he goes to Lord Royce. He demands that he take him back to the Vale because he's the Lord Protector of the Vale. And Lord Royce says, no, I'm not taking you anywhere. So then, oh my God, so hilarious. Littlefinger drops to his knees. He tells Sansa, you know, I loved your mother. I love you. I would do anything for you. And she says, no, you betray everyone. You don't love anybody for yourself. So, you know, thanks for teaching me what you taught me. And I'll never forget the lessons that you taught me. And then Arya comes up and she cuts his throat and Littlefinger is gone. Um, then we're back in King's Landing and Jamie's talking to, I guess, you know, some Lannister generals or captains or whatever, and he's making battle plans about how they're going to get up north. And Cersei comes up, she sees him doing this and she says, oh, you know, I need to speak with my brother alone. So, uh, Cersei says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm preparing us to go fight this war with Jon and Daenerys like we said we would. And she says, whatever, I was just lying. We are not going up there. They can fight this war themselves. They've got dragons. They've got this. They've got that. If they can't beat them, then, you know, whatever. And uh, she says, you know, we're going to stay here because um, our child's going to rule Westeros. And um, she um, wants to take back the South while Danny's gone, of course. And Jamie says, you know, we can't beat these dragons. If they go and they do win against this army, they're going to come back and be even more pissed at us. But Cersei's like, well, you know, I noticed that one of her dragons was missing. Jamie says, well, he could have been off guarding something or someone that she wanted to protect. And Cersei's like, no, no, they're vulnerable. And, you know, we're going to get them. And she's like, you know, you never listen to any of father's lessons because you were too busy wanting to learn how to fight and do this and this and that. But I listened and I'm smart. And she says, you know, we have the Golden Company now, which again is that sellsword company from um, Essos. And uh, they have the help of the Iron Bank and the Iron Bank wins wars. So they don't have anything to worry about. And she says, you know, did you believe that thing with Euron? Because... He didn't turn back to the Iron Islands because no one walks away from me. That was just a ploy. He left. He's going to Essos and he's going to ferry the Golden Company back here to us. And we're going to have our army again. And uh, she says that, you know, he betrayed her by meeting with Tyrion. And Jamie's like, but you told me to talk to Tyrion. And she just keeps going on and on about how dare he and blah, blah, blah. blah. And he's just like, you know, I do what you ask me to do and you still get mad at me. So, um, he tries to walk away from her and she says, you know, I just said no one walks away from me. And, you know, he's like, Cersei, do you really want to do this? Because I'm the only person that you have left. Do you really want to turn on me? And she just still looks at him and he says, fine, you know, order the mountain to kill me. And, uh, of course the mountain doesn't, he steps aside, um, Jamie's like, look, you know, I don't believe your shit anymore because she's talking about her pregnancy again. So I think he's telling her that he doesn't believe that she's pregnant anymore, hopefully, because I don't think he would just leave his child like that. Um, but he says he doesn't believe her anymore about anything. He walks away and um, 
Then Jamie rides away from King's Landing by himself, and as he's riding away, the snow is starting to fall at King's Landing. Um, Sam and Gilly arrive at Winterfell, just in the nick of time, and uh, Sam goes to see Bran, and uh, he asks what happened to him north of the Wall, and Bran's like, oh, I became the Three-Eyed Raven, and Sam's like, oh, that's nice, uh, I don't know what that means. So Bran explains to him what it is, and Sam's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll go along with this, and uh, Bran asks Sam why he's back, and he says, you know, I know that John is the one to fight this great war, and he needs help, so I'm here to help him however I can. And Bran says, yeah, John's on his way back here with, um, with Daenerys Targaryen. And uh, Sam's like, oh, did you see that in one of your visions? And Bran holds up this scroll. Um, so he's gotten a letter from them. So uh, Bran says, yeah, John really needs to know the truth about himself. He's like, you know, I'm the only one that knows who John really is. And then he finally um, tells Sam that, you know, John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. So he's like, yeah, so, you know, he really isn't a snow, he's a sand, which I kind of don't get that. I mean, he means that because uh, John was born in Dorne, that his last name should be Sand because that's what they name their bastards. If you're in the Riverlands, it's rivers. If you're in, um, uh, you know, the north, it's snow. So just different things like that. But technically, the reason he was snow was because he was Ned Stark's son because if he was born, I mean, everybody knew that he wasn't born in Winterfell. They just didn't know who his mother was uh, because Ned would never tell anybody. Anyway, that's just a little side note. Um, and so, you know, Bran's like, yeah, you know, he's still a bastard, but he's a sand, not a snow. And Sam apparently was listening when Gilly went on about Rhaegar. And he's like, uh, you know what? I just read this journal and uh, of this Archmaester. And Rhaegar got an annulment from Elia Martell, and he married Lyanna Stark in a secret uh, marriage ceremony. And Bran's like, well, you know, how do, how do you know? Do you know this for sure? And Sam says, well, I mean, I read it in his journal, and this guy, like, recorded every time he took a shit. So, I mean, I don't see why he would just make it up. And then Sam says, you know, isn't this something that you can see? Can you, like, do your thing and plug into the Matrix and, like, um, you know, figure this out? So what does Bran do? But he um, goes into wherever he goes into himself and we see, um, I really wanted more of this, but we see the secret wedding of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark and they're outside and I really wanted to see more of Rhaegar, sorry to be honest, because um, he's, he, you know, was just supposed to be this great prince. Um, I really hope that there's maybe more of an extended scene, maybe in the DVDs or something when they come out. Um, for season seven, but anyway, we see them pledge their love for each other and everything, and um, Bran says, yeah, you're right, the rebellion was built on a lie, um, because everybody thought that Rhaegar kidnapped, kidnapped my Aunt Lyanna, and that he raped her, but that's not true, they were in love, 
And as Bran's explaining this to Sam, we are seeing a scene where John goes, he knocks on Danny's door on the ship that they're on, and she invites him in. And uh, Tyrion, I'm really assuming everybody's like, oh, Tyrion's creeping. What's up with that? I'm really assuming that, like, his um, room was very close because, I mean, it's a boat. It's not like it's a castle. So they couldn't be far away from each other. And I think he was just out and about. Maybe he was going to go talk to Daenerys. Uh, but he saw John and he looked a little uh, sad. So don't know exactly what that's about. I have to think on that some more. Maybe, you know, he is in love with Danny. Um, but um, we'll see. I don't, I'm not. And uh, Bran keeps talking in this voiceover and he says, John's real name is Aegon Targaryen. And we also go back to the flashes at the Tower of Joy where Lyanna's talking to Ned. Um, and she says that his name is Aegon Targaryen. You have to protect him. Robert will kill him. And John and Danny are, uh, yeah, having sex. Uh, they went there because why not? They're about to go fight the dead army. They might as well. And uh, Bran says, yeah, John is the true heir to the Iron Throne. And Bran says that they need to tell John. Uh, then we go somewhere else in Winterfell and Sansa and Arya talk. Arya asks if Sansa is okay and, uh, you know, Sansa's like, yeah, I'm fine. And Arya says, you know, you did the right thing. And uh, Arya calls Sansa the Lady of Winterfell and Sansa asks, you know, does that bother you? And Arya says, you know what? I could never be as good a lady as you. Like, I'm, I'm cool not being Lady of Winterfell. I don't need all that pressure. And then Arya says, you know, I really don't think I could have survived what you went through. Uh, but Sansa says, yeah, you definitely could have survived it. That you're the strongest person I've ever known. And then we go to Bran in the Godswood. He's doing his thing. Um, he's got his ravens or crows, whichever, blackbirds. And uh, they're flying over the wall. And Tormund is on top of the wall at the lookout. Uh, he's with Beric Dondarrion. And they're looking uh, at the forest. And they start to see these whites come out of the woods. So more and more of them are coming out. And they're like, oh crap, they're here, they're here. So they blow the horn uh, three times for white walkers. And then they see the dragon. And the dragon comes. The Night King is riding him. Uh, Tormund and Beric barely get out. Um, well, we hope they get out. We see them run. We don't know if they are alive or dead. Um, but the dragon blows out this blue flame, which I think is just so freezing. Uh, I don't think it's a hot flame. Um, I definitely think it's a cold flame and that it's going to help like spread winter. And uh, I totally thought this was what was going to happen. I mean, I've been thinking it for a while, but when, um, when that drag, when Viserion went down last week, I was just like, damn, he's found a way through the wall because, um, so let me finish my, the first, before I get into this backstory. Um, so yeah, the Night King, uh, has the dragon just burn. I mean, it's burn for lack of a better word. However, it is freeze burn, um, this wall down and it just breaks. And, uh, a lot of the men I don't think are going to make it. I'm really hoping that at least Tormund, Beric is optional. Tormund is a definite. I need him to be okay. Um, uh, hopefully they can ride for Winterfell and, uh, and let them know, um, 
But the wall comes down and the White Walkers and their army just walk right through. And the Night King is riding Viserion or whatever his name may be now um, above them. So the thing about the wall and what I was going to say about that is that um, the wall was the, you know, everybody said the wall is the one thing protecting them and they think that it's going to stand. They think that they're going to be okay because the wall was built so the White Walkers couldn't get through and the White Army couldn't get through. I mean, thousands of years ago, that's what it was built for. Yes, it turned into this wall that kept the wildlings out, but that wasn't its um, true purpose. Of course, there haven't been White Walkers in thousands of years, but um, the wall was built with magic and with ice. And um, in the books, and I think that maybe they mentioned it in the show, there is this legend of a horn called um, the Horn of Joramon. And uh, Mance Raider and his uh, army looked for it. And they thought they found it in the books. I don't think they did this in the show, but they thought they found it. And they blew it, and of course nothing happened, so it wasn't the horn. Um, so I guess, like, the whole idea of the horn in the show is kind of gone. But, um, so that's the thing, is that dragons are magical. They're magical creatures. And they've been gone not for thousands of years, but for hundreds of years. Um, and, you know, when uh, magic in the world kind of died out, when the dragons died out, and of course, you know, there's this thing, it's like um, opposite sides, yin and yang. The dragons were born and came back. And um, that was technically the White Walkers were already around, but it was around the same time period. Um, even though Danny hatched her dragons, you know, later because we saw whites in the very first episode of Game of Thrones. So um, that was his. Uh, way that was his like loophole to get the wall down was to use this magical creature which for some reason somehow um, maybe we'll find out a little more about could break this spell on the wall so I mean he's got nothing stopping him now um, so next season I think it's gonna be like full-on like uh, Danny and John get to Old Town they're hauling ass to um you know to um Winterfell and they're hearing this and um, it's just going to be a high alert like all season. Uh, so I don't think, I don't know how this thing's going to work out with uh, Bran telling John that he is um, Aegon Targaryen. Uh, and I, am I, so I'm going to do like an episode in a couple of weeks. I'll do another episode where I'll talk about kind of uh, my different theories for what I thought before this um, season happened and, you know, what what did happen and what didn't um, and maybe what I think a little more in depth for next season. And then obviously, like during the break, maybe once in a while, I'll come back with some episodes, but it'll be at least a couple of weeks before this next episode because I'm going to Dragon Con this weekend for Labor Day weekend. So um, I will be unavailable <laughs> so uh but i'll be in some panels about uh game of thrones and i'm sure that i will hear all kinds of cool stuff uh so i'll share that with you guys but anyway um i kind of think that there was a lot of foreshadowing that danny might get pregnant from this time with john because uh, they're going to be on that boat for a minute i mean not months but you know a little bit of time so it might be more than one time that they get together and uh, i don't know how either one of them are going to feel when they find out who john is but I don't think that's going to break their alliance. I think they'll find some way around it. Um, but I definitely think she's going to become pregnant. I'm still thinking that Cersei's lying. I'm still thinking that she's using 
uh, this alleged pregnancy to play on both Jamie and Tyrion. Um, because, I mean, her and Jamie have been steadily having sex for like 13, 14 years. Obviously, you know, before that too. But I'm talking about like 13, 14 years where she has not gotten pregnant. And she would not kill a child if it was going to be Jamie's. I mean, she killed her children um, if she was pregnant that were going to be Robert's. But she would not kill a child that was going to be Jamie's. So I just don't think that Jamie would leave knowing he really had a child um, that she was going to have. And I don't see how she magically just got pregnant when... No offense, but she's an older woman, as old as she is, and the fact that it's been like 13, 14 years, and she didn't get pregnant before then. Um, so anyway, that's what I think's up with that. I think Cersei's eventually going to get hers. Um, I cannot wait until that day. I almost think that death by a dragon is too good for her. So I don't know. Maybe the Night King will be able to end her. I hope he just like gives her a big kiss, like uh, in Sleepy Hollow, where... Uh, the one with Johnny Depp where uh, the Headless Horseman gives uh, Miranda Richardson, the actress uh, who plays uh, What's-Her-Face's stepmom, gives her this nice big juicy kiss and he's got those filed down teeth so he makes her bleed. Anyway, I hope the Night King gives her this nice juicy fit, uh, kiss and she freezes up and breaks apart like the evil fucking frozen bitch that she is. That's my prediction for Cersei. Um... Yeah, that's really all I have for now. So that's uh, instant recap for um, episode 707, The Dragon and the Wolf, which of course can refer to many different things. It can refer to John himself being part dragon and part wolf. It can refer to his alliance with Danny as he could be the wolf and she could be the dragon. Um, so many different things, but I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, and like I said, I'm really looking forward. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this wait, but I'm looking forward to the next season. So uh, check back. I'll be doing some podcasts as I can. Like I said, I'll do that one in a couple of weeks, kind of summing up season seven and the different theories, things that did happen, didn't happen, maybe what will happen next season. Um, so come back and listen to that. And uh, thanks for listening. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook. And it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of the Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, so thanks for listening to my podcast and I will see you next week.